0: Welcome to Raising Mums, a live weekly broadcast streaming on Facebook and Instagram that inspires mums to live with purpose and intention, to raise their children mindfully and empowers mothers everywhere to own their lives and thrive doing it. Assalamualaikum, good morning. Assalamualaikum. So what an amazing broadcast I've got for you today. I'm so excited. Um In this episode, we are going to be diving into what really matters to you, my followers and my viewers. I asked you to give me your questions, to send me your questions. I did a call for questions on Thursday and today I'm going to answer as many as I can. And oh boy, did you send me some questions? I got about a 100 questions and I'm going to try and get through what I can today. So for those of you who are new here, My name's Dr. Gemma Elizabeth. I'm the founder of Our Muslim Homeschool and the mum of three who I homeschool here in the UK. And this is a weekly broadcast that I do on a Sunday at 10 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And I do it on my Instagram, Our Muslim Homeschool, and Facebook page. And we've chatted about all kinds of good stuff here. We've chatted about homeschooling, motherhood. Um, We had an episode about confidence, about time management, um, we've chatted about, about all kinds of good stuff, but I think there's always been an underlying message underneath all of those topics. There was this underlying message of taking ownership and being responsible for your life and not playing the victim and not, you know, playing the blame game and, and blaming other people, but really looking to yourself and looking inward and owning your life and being empowered in that way. And I started this broadcast in November. And this episode actually marks the end of season one. So I'm ending this season today. Welcome, salam Elmer's Journey. Glad you're here. Um, yeah, so this all started in November. And I think there's been about 14 live broadcasts since then. Uh, a couple of them are not on YouTube because right back when I started, I didn't even know how to save a recording. And it's come so far over the last couple of months. Um, You'll remember way back when I first started, the connection was really dodgy. I would cut out all the time. The picture was terrible. The sound was all over the place. Um, But I made a really bold decision. I decided to be brave and go all in. And I sold everything that I had in my shop, in my bookshop. I sold all the stock. And I used that money, I invested it back into this broadcast. I bought new equipment, we upgraded our Wi-Fi. I decided to go all in, not just financially, but emotionally as well. I wanted to strip back that facade that is on social media um, unwittingly most of the time this perfect image, this, I just wanted to be real with you guys and have a connection. And so I went all in, not just financially, but emotionally as well. And I put myself out there the last couple of months. And you know what? It's been amazing. I can't even tell you how liberating it is and how wonderful it is to connect with people on a real level. Um, And so now, 14 episodes later, I'm here with some very big news to share with you these live broadcasts are now available to listen to as podcasts. You can now head over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can listen to these live broadcasts there. Um, and there's so many reasons why I did that. First of all, I got requests from you, from my followers and viewers, saying that it's a struggle to carve out half an hour in the, on a Sunday or in the week to sit down and watch these videos. And so I realized that I shouldn't be making the audio available because the great thing about podcasts is that you can listen on the go. You can be cleaning your house, you can be uh, in the car driving your kids somewhere, you can be you know exercising, doing whatever it is you're doing and listening at the same time. Whereas when you're watching a screen, you really have to be sitting there and have carved out that time for that video. And that's why I appreciate all of you who are here live, because I know it's taken some serious dedication on your part as mothers to find the time to be here. And I so appreciate you being here. But so that's some great news I've got for you now. You can listen to these broadcasts on um, these as podcasts on Spotify, Apple, podcasts, um, iTunes, and wherever you listen to podcasts, inshallah. So what I, the next big announcement is that, of course, when you launch a podcast, as you guys probably are aware, you have to name it. And I didn't really think that our Muslim homeschool was the right name, because although we do talk about homeschooling, and this is primarily um, talking to the Muslim audience, it's not just about that, it's about something so much bigger. And so I decided to name the show Raising Mums. And the reason that I have called it Raising Mums is because every day I see in my life and I see people contacting me through social media, who, people who are feeling completely overwhelmed, who are lost, who feel stuck in their situation as mothers. Instead of feeling happy like they thought they would, Um, in their new role as a mother, they are now consumed with negativity. They feel overwhelmed and they feel really down on themselves and feel really down on the world in general. And I started this show, Raising Mums, for them. I want to raise them up, but not just through my words and positive thinking and all of that. I want to give real tangible advice, real steps that these women can make to to raise themselves up. And it's not just women who I spoke to and women who I've met. I used to be in that place myself. And so I know how it is. And I want to, to help and give advice that will be, you know, not just help you emotionally and talk you up and make you feel good in the moment, but give you real steps that you can take to build yourself up again out of this negative place that you might find yourself in. So... I don't want you to feel, to be in that dark place anymore of overwhelm and regret. We'll still be talking about homeschooling and education and parenting and all that stuff. Um, But that is my primary aim of this show now. It's called Raising Mums. It's available as a podcast. And so what I need you to do, what I need you to do now, everybody who watches this broadcast, I need you to head over to wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's um, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you go, and subscribe to Raising Mums, and that is spelt, um, I'll just pop it up here on Facebook, it's spelt Mums the British way, of course, M-U-M-S, 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 um, so head over to wherever you listen to that and subscribe, and leave me a review, and the reason why that's important is because when you leave a review, you probably know this already, um, when you subscribe, it boosts up that um, that show so more people can find it more people can see it and it means that I am able to help more people uh, if you can do this for me it will help me to help others um, so when we're finished here please head over to wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe to Raising Mums M-U-M-S brilliant right let's crack on with these questions because like I mentioned um there's a lot like about a hundred questions I got and the calibre of those questions, mashallah, like you guys blow me away. It's the audience that I have here of dedicated mums who really want to help their children, to provide the best life for their whole family and themselves be in a, a really positive place, it blew me away. Um, and this time round, I opened up anonymous questions. So there was a spot where you could drop your questions anonymously online. And I have to say that those questions were the ones that really moved me the most. When I, when I read them out, you will know which ones they are. They are so raw with emotion. And I mean, they brought a tear to my eyes, some of them. So we're gonna get into them. We're gonna get into the questions now. I'm gonna start off with something a little bit simple to warm me up into this, um, into this Q&A session. So um, first question, nice and simple one. When do you prepare lunch? in the morning before your school day starts or at night um, because I'm struggling to get lunch ready on time before the kids get too hungry. Okay, so nice, easy question. Basically, if you're finding that your children are hungry during the school day in the mornings, you I would advise you to get a, a snack time, a regular snack time um, built into your day because that's what we do. We have snack time about half past 10. Um, and then that keeps the kids going throughout the morning. Um, And also, if you're struggling to get lunch ready, I would suggest to you that maybe you are um, making your lunches too complicated. You don't have to have complicated lunches every morning, particularly if you're having a busy homeschooling morning. Why don't you consider making a simpler lunch? Like, we have lunches that are just sandwiches, or uh, I cut up some veg and we put some hummus out and breadsticks, and that's lunch. Um, And then when I want to do something a bit more elaborate, I will do that at dinner. So for that sister who's having trouble um, getting lunch ready at a time where the kids are not ravenously hungry, um, have a snack time built into your day. Keep your lunches simple and maybe even consider bringing lunch time earlier. There are some days where we have lunch at half past 11 in the morning uh, and although that might not be conventional, you're a homeschooling family now. You can be unconventional. In fact, it goes with the territory. Um, so yeah, we, I will usually prepare lunch for my children just before lunch, because I keep it really simple. Um, sometimes we make jacket potato as well, so that has to be put in a bit earlier, but again, that's very, very simple lunches I do for them. Um, and you know, it's always worth remembering that your children are growing, and if you're trying to teach them, they need all the energy they can get, uh, and if they're hungry, they're going to misbehave. They're going to feel distracted. So, you know, save yourself um, a lot of hassle and a lot of grievance just by filling up their bellies, making sure that they're full up. Uh, give them a snack time. Keep lunches simple. Uh, yeah, I hope that answers your question, sister. So Aisha has asked, as alaikum alaykum, sister. I've only recently discovered your page and I think you're amazing. Oh, thank you, Aisha. Um, keep up the good work. My question is, do you have a fixed daily routine every day? If so, what is it? Um, you say it's time for school. What are your school hours? Are they the same hours every day? So I've shared my morning routine before. Um, that was in the time management video I did. So you can find that on YouTube. But so typically I wake up about six-ish and the kids wake up around seven-ish. We start school around nine. So they'll have breakfast obviously before school starts and get themselves ready. Uh, And we homeschool from about nine till about 12. Now, of course, that's not constant. We have breaks in between. um, Because, you know, I don't necessarily have a set break. I don't say, okay, we're going to do these many subjects and we're going to take a break. I actually just feed off of them. I see when they're getting distracted, when they're getting restless, when they're getting bored and we take a break. Um, The kids might go out and play outside or they might just do things in the house. But we will typically finish all of the schoolwork at around 12 o'clock and then he'll have lunch. After lunch, I prepare dinner. You will, um, I'll talk about this later. Oh, excuse me. I'll talk about this later. Um, we, during the school week, I will usually make slow cooker meals. Very simple meals that I just put everything into a slow cooker and let that cook for the rest of the afternoon. So I will load up my slow cooker um, after lunch and then we might go out to the woods or the park. The kids also do have set classes at lunchtime, three t- three days a week. They go for their Qur'an classes at around lunchtime. Um, we have a few hours in the afternoon to rest. That's also when I get work done. And then in the evening, they go for madrasa for a couple of hours. Uh, dinner's when they get back from madrasa, and then they go to bed about eight, nine-ish. So that's my routine, but... Um, yours will probably look different. You'll see, though, that I haven't got very, very specific times for things. It's just more like a daily flow throughout the day. Um, Now, Taiba has asked a very interesting question. She asked me, uh, what do you think about Brexit? (laughs) Um, What do you think we could do about it now? What do you teach your children about Brexit and the lessons in that? I, honestly, Taiba, I think the fact that you have asked that question means that you have some very strong opinions yourself, and I would absolutely love to hear your opinion on what you think we should teach our children about Brexit, because I'm afraid I do not have any um, personal insight on that information, but I would love to hear from you. Um, and somebody else has asked, Salaam, Waalaikum Salam. I don't want to homeschool at the moment. I doubt my abilities, but I want to spend quality time with my children. How do I do it when they're so tired after a long day at school? Um, You know, first of all, sister, whoever you are, I think this was sent anonymously. I just want to say that you're amazing. The fact that you want to do this, you want to spend quality time with your children after school is admirable. I want you to realise that you are special and pat yourself on the back for that. You know, acknowledge that you're trying to do something great here. May Allah reward your intentions. I mean, Um, so what you can do after school, if your children are really tired, is read aloud. Read aloud to your children after school. That is the best thing you can do to them, for them, if they're tired after school. Set aside 20 minutes a day, maybe 10 minutes, actually, if you're just starting out, and read aloud to them every single day, whatever it is you like. There's a great book. I brought it here to show you. It's called The Read Aloud Family by Sarah McKenzie. Many of you will have heard of Sarah McKenzie before. She is the founder of The Read Aloud Revival, which is another great podcast you guys should subscribe to. But this is a book she's written. And of course, like so many books of this kind, it is written and directed towards christian families but as a person of faith i'm sure that you can benefit from it and in there are great book lists for children of all ages um, and give you some recommendations for reading material with them so that's uh what i would recommend for you sister i hope that helps so um sister um Sofyan has asked aslamu alaykum sister uh what a treat we have in store on sunday <laughs> thank you hamdulillah <laughs> my question is um, in Islam, we have so many heroic and inspiring characters, whether that be on the battlefield, in the community, or the head of the household. I would love to teach my children and learn about them myself one by one, like Sulahuddin, Abu Hurairah, the Ottomans, Imam al-Ghazali. May Allah be pleased with them all. Um, but I don't know what's the best way to go about it. Authentic resources are always an issue. And if I do find the resources, apart from reading a book, What activity or project should we undertake to reinforce that learning? So, mashallah sister, great question. You don't need to apologise. She goes on to apologise for her question. Brilliant question. So you want to teach your children about the great heroes of Islam, the great people who hopefully they will take as their own role models. And I think once again, nothing is more powerful in achieving that goal than the, than telling stories. Um, and I, I don't think really you need to do anything other than tell the stories. Um, there are a few books and a few resources I can recommend briefly, but there are many. Um, we're currently reading one book called Ayat Jamila, uh, which is a collection of very short stories about different characters in, um, our traditions, you know, folk tales, as well as stories from the Qur'an. Um, If you're on Facebook, I've left that linked with this video. It's called Ayat Jamila. Um, There's also some audiobooks by Mirage Audio, and they have a great audio series about Salahuddin, and they have a number of different great audiobooks. So have a look at them. Um, Fons Vitae Press do a, a series of books called Ghazali Children, um, now, I don't know if they go into details about Imam al-Ghazali and his life, um, but they're definitely books that are worth checking out. I only have one in the series. They're quite hard to get hold of in the UK. Um, but if you can, have a look for Ghazali children. And I've brought another book here to show you. If you're interested in teaching your children about Imam al-Ghazali, I know not everybody is, but if you are, um, this is this is also by Fons Vitae Press. It's al-Ghazali by Demi. And as you can imagine with all Demi books, the illustrations in this book are something else. Very, very beautiful book. Um, So as well, if you're on Facebook, I've left that linked for you, um, left with, with the video. But really, I don't, you know, my personal opinion is when you read a story to your children about these characters, they become immersed in that world. They feel what the characters feel, they walk in the footsteps and they, they, they are feeling what it's like to be in the battles with Salahuddin and they're feeling the emotions of what it's like to walk with Abu Huraira or whoever it is that you're teaching them about. They feel it deeply when you read a good storybook or you tell them a story and you can't get that, you can't get that kind of emotion and connection from teaching in a very sort of the typical way you know with a teacher and um, lecturing a child but if you're sitting on a sofa sharing a story that really that really is a way of developing connections not only between you and your children but between your children and the characters and the people they're reading about there's this great quote by Andrew Patterson I think his name is he's a children's author Um, and he said that if you want your children to know the truth then you tell them the truth But if you want your children to love the truth, then you tell them a story. And I think that's the most beautiful quote. And it's so in line with our tradition. We are, you know, for centuries, we've been telling our children stories as a primary way of teaching. And I think that is the way forward. But if, sister, you really want to... um, If you really want to do more than just read, like, I would... I would go with what your children lead you to do. Your children will guide you in that direction. If they feel inspired to do something, go with that. So, for example, if you have a child who's very creative, who maybe she likes to paint and draw, let her draw and paint after she reads a book. If you have children who are very hands-on, they like to manipulate things, maybe they could make a model of something they've read about. If you have very active children, um, then they could reenact, they could put on a play and reenact what they've just heard if you've got a very analytical child somebody who is very into numbers they could do calculations around the story they could draw a floor plan or a map of the travels of whoever it is you're learning about there are lots of ways you can do it but because you're you're not following a specific curriculum you're inventing your own uh, way here i would encourage you to involve the children in that decision and get them involved in in, in how you progress with that. But I think that if reading is all you can do, then reading is more than enough. In fact, it is the best thing you can do. So um, sister from Mini Mindful Muslims, she asked, um, do you allow screen time, iPads for your kids? If not, why? And if you do, how often? So yes, I do allow screens for my children. They're allowed at the moment one hour a day. I'm not telling you that that's best practice. Um, But I'm telling you, that's what we do. Just to be real with you, they have an hour a day. Um, There have been times where they've had more than an hour and there have been times when they've had less. But at the moment, they have an hour a day. So the next question was anonymous. And uh, this question, you will feel how raw it is. You will feel the emotion behind it. It's quite long. um, So if you'll allow me to read it, she says, My children, three and a half and four years old, are driving me crazy. I have a baby and I'm trying to stand top of all the things and keep everything tidy because messy surroundings feed my anxiety, so that I've decided to stop my study time for a bit until I have everything under control and organised, but my children are creating a mess everywhere all the time. They don't listen to me and I get super anxious and I lash out sometimes. I have tried involving them in routines, but whenever it's time to help, they're either too tired or too small to help me. My husband helps me sometimes, but he's also really busy with work. And when he sees the mess, he taunts me about how I'm homeschooling them. I feel so depressed because I want to homeschool my children from day one, but I'm finding it hard to discipline them. Trying to set up a routine didn't work because my kids are more attached to their father and his schedule is unpredictable. I'm sitting on my couch breastfeeding this baby and I feel miserable looking at the mess I'm sitting on. I don't have family or friends to help me. I can't afford a cleaner. I feel angry at the kids because I find time to clean one space while the baby isn't clinging on to me and the next day the kids have made a mess out of that very space. I try to keep calm most of the time, but not every time. More so, my five-year-old said to me today, I've lost my mind and I'm a crazy woman. How do I manage and discipline my children? So, I mean, I don't need to tell you that this sister is in a really bad place emotionally and mentally. She's not living her best life. She's not that vibrant mother she wanted to be. She's not full of energy. Instead, she's battling constantly with her housework and her children. And how common is that amongst us at some point in our motherhood lives? I, first of all, just want to tell you, sister, whoever you are, that you're not alone, that we've all been there. And in a practical sense, before we get into anything too deep, the first thing that I want you to do is try and make a place for yourself in your home. That really helped me to... Um, If the mess is overwhelming you and getting to your anxiety, if you're a neat person yourself and the mess is driving you mad, then make a space in your home that is just for you. So you might, like I did, decide that your bedroom is off limits. The children can come in, but they can't play there and they definitely cannot bring toys. Make your bedroom toy-free. Or if you can't do your bedroom, maybe because your little baby is there with you, make another space. If you have a study, if you have a corner of your living room, make that chair, that's mummy's chair. That's where she sits, that's where her cup of tea goes, that's her space and that area has to be free from toys. Make a sanctuary for yourself where you can get away every now and again, where you can um, unwind and you're not surrounded by toys and clutter and keep that space clean. And make that a priority for yourself and that's a very simple practical step you can do but th- there's another issue here that i find really troubling and that is that this sister has stopped studying for housework she's decided to put her pursuit of whatever it is whatever she is studying to keep up with her housework now what i don't know what your situation is sister with this studying i don't know but if it is something that you love if it is something that Fills you up, and you're passionate about. Do not stop for housework, because when you when you're doing something that you love, when you're doing something that you're passionate about, and you enjoy, and it fills you up, and you feel great, then those small things, then that Lego explosion in the kid's bedroom, that glitter that's fallen all over the kitchen floor, the toddler who pulls all the books off the bookshelf, it doesn't matter anymore because you've filled yourself up, and you're happy. But when you neglect yourself, when you no longer are serving your own needs, then those things, those small things are massive to you. When your children, you know, make a mess of the living room and you're already in a really low place, that is devastating to you because you've sacrificed everything to keep the house clean and they are making a tip out of it again. But if you're in a good place emotionally, spiritually, if you're taking care of yourself, then these things seem insignificant and you can brush them off. Um, so find a way, if it's not studying, if it's not the studying, then find another way, sister, of rekindling your passions and your happiness. Dedicate some time in your day for yourself. Now, if you've got a baby, it might not be possible to wake up a bit earlier to give yourself. But if you can wake up, 10-15 minutes earlier to study or read something or do something that makes you happy even if that's just sitting in the silence with a cup of coffee then do that um, or if you can't then during the day find a little bit of time for yourself and it will make that feeling of overwhelm a lot less because you're in a better situation yourself um, and you know there are there's lots of advice I can give you actually I've written down a lot of bits and pieces here but you know Your worth as a woman, sister, your worth as a wife, as a human being, is not dependent on the cleanliness of your home. If your house is messy, it doesn't mean you're less of a woman. And I think that's a cultural issue that some women face is that they feel that their house and the way their house looks is a symbol of their worth, but it's not. It's not. Secondly, I want you to... How can I say this? I want you to prioritize your own health and your own emotions over the housework. Housework matters; it does play a role in your overall experience and your family's um, happiness, but it's a small role. Your happiness as a mother is far more important. Um, remember to rekindle your passions and, and find time for them as well. Fill yourself up, and remember as well that this time will pass. You know, the the kids are small for a, a short time, and although it doesn't help in the moment, you know, when the house is chaotic, trying to remind yourself that it'll be better soon, it'll be better in a couple of years, it's not always that helpful, but when you're sitting there and you're feeling in a better place and you've filled yourself up by spending some time learning or, or you know, rekindling those passions that you used to have and you're holding a cup of coffee, just remember that this time will pass, that that. Better times are around the corner. Your house will be clean and tidy before you know it. You just have to get through this stage. And then when you're at that point, you'll start to feel gratitude to the things around you. But I'm, I, I can see that this sister is not in that place right now. Right now, she's just trying to survive the chaos. Um, and I hope that has helped has helped you um, in that place you're in. Okay, so I've got a question from Jacqueline. I can see you guys posting um, questions and comments as we're going along. I I will have a look at them later on. So Jacqueline has asked, um, I'm sure a lot of questions will be asked for this Q&A. I'm not expecting you to answer all of mine. But if there's any chance you could do an entire video on this topic in the new future, I would appreciate it. Okay, let's see. So my questions are, Number one, how do you start homeschool blogging? What are the pros and cons of blogging? How do you make a blog good enough to get a decent amount of followers? The do's and don'ts with blogging, especially when you first start out. And what ways are there to eventually make money from blogging? Okay, so you're right. I can't answer all of those questions right now, Jacqueline. Um, But I would advise you, like, first off, the first thing that comes to mind is um, I mentor new bloggers i have a new program coming out um, the deadline to apply for new blogger mentorship is the 10th of february if you want more information you can email me Gemma at our muslimhomeschool.com i'll send you all the info uh, about how you can join my mentorship program and be mentored by myself to launch your blog so that's Gemma at our Um but if you know, if you want to, to join that mentorship program, it is free, um, but there are certain criteria you have, to, um, you have to have. For example, you have to already have a blog before you apply. Um, but if you're not at that stage, if you haven't already started your blog, then what I would suggest to you is, um, I want you to really think before you launch your blog about who it is you are talking to, who is your audience, and think about what value you're trying to add to their lives. Um, There are so many very um, well-intentioned women out there launching blogs, but they haven't clarified what their message is. They don't know what their passion is. They don't know what they're trying to show the world and and, um, spread in the world, what their light is that they're trying to shine, uh, shine out to the world. So before you begin your blog, really think, get clarity on, What is your purpose for this goal, for this blog? What is your purpose? What are your strengths? What is your message? And who is your audience? And once you've got to that stage, then you can move on. And inshallah, I'll try and and, um, make a video one day about these topics. Um, If other people are interested, let me know so I can get an idea of the demand for that. So the Homeschool Chronicles has asked, um, could you share some some tips for managing house cleaning in the week? So I don't know if you've seen Homeschool Chronicles, but um, I did two videos recently, how to run your home like a boss. They were very popular um, you can find them on YouTube. If you're on Facebook right now, I've put them in the links uh, with this video. So it's how to run your bo- home like a boss, part one and part two. And I give lots of tips um, to, to mothers of how to run their home like a boss and how to um, manage cleaning the house. I just have a sip of water Right. We've got a question. Um, how to parent a strong-willed child? How do you nurture their leadership qualities? So you might have noticed, if you've been following me online for a while, that I do have at least one child. Uh, you could probably guess who that is, um, who is strong-willed. And, um, I've found that with her, The best way that I can nurture those leadership qualities in her and not push down that strong-willed nature of hers is actually to give her some space to let her have a say in her own life within boundaries because children need boundaries. It's important to have boundaries, but to give her space in her life to make decisions. So a very simple example of that is I let her choose every day what she wears. And she comes up with some very interesting combinations. Um, and that might not be something that you want to consider. It's quite extreme some days. The other day she decided, bless her to, she was actually going to wear a jumper, which actually is a miracle, but she wasn't going to wear a jumper the conventional way. She was going to wear her jumper upside down. So she got her cardigan, flipped it upside down, and put it on. And then she looked me dead in the eyes, just waiting for me to see what I was going to say. I didn't say anything. Just, okay, that's what you want to do. (laughs) And you know what? Within a minute, she'd flipped it the right way around and it was the right way around. So when you have a strong-willed child, sometimes it is best to pick your battles and to give them some space to make their own decisions. My kids also choose what they want to eat for breakfast. They serve themselves. They get dressed themselves. So find a way in your home life to give your strong-willed child some space, some freedom to express themselves however you see fit. It's very challenging when you have a strong-willed child, especially if it's your first, I can imagine. Um, or if all of your children are strong-willed, it must be a real challenge. Um, I think also another way of, of raising strong-willed children is to, for them to know that they're being heard. So that when, when they speak, you look at them. You know we're all busy we've all got 101 things going on in our brains and things to do but when a strong-willed child or actually when any child talks to you they need to know that they're being heard especially by the people that they love so I would as much as you can I know it's not always easy but you know look them in the eye and let them finish what they have to say try and respond in an appropriate manner and and then move on um It's important that they know that their voice is heard, and that is a great way to nurture leadership qualities. Um, Fatima asks, uh, she said some lovely things. Um, Apparently she wants to live in the house next door to me. That's awesome. Okay, so her question is, what's your opinion about homeschool co-ops, yay or nay? Uh, what has your experience been? Okay, um, so I've never been in a conventional homeschool co-op. We haven't had, we don't have that in our area. Uh, A group of myself and friends who are very like-minded, we decided to set one up when we all started homeschooling at the beginning. Um, But it didn't work. And I think there are quite a few reasons why that didn't work. But one of the reasons is that we are all very strong women. And we all have very strong opinions about educating children. And it was difficult. It raised... um, a little bit of conflict sometimes when we disagreed and so although we are still friends now and we all still talk and our children all play together we realize that at that moment in time um it wasn't going to work out for us to have that kind of co-op set up um but maybe maybe in the future we will set something up so that's worth considering it's something we we don't often think about we think oh great a co-op we share the responsibility and our kids get to play with one another but of course, nothing's ever that simple. But if you can find a co-op that where the people sort of uh, are on your wavelength, where your children get on well there, where they're f- thriving and flourishing, then I would say definitely go for it. As long as it's not consuming too much of your children's free time and your energy as well. There are pros and cons to it, but I really think it depends on the actual co-op itself, who's running it um and the sort of dynamic that goes on there. So Bloomfield's mum has asked, do you have any suggestions for quick and healthy meals? I got that question a lot. So if any of you have already downloaded that meal planning app that I recommended, if you're using that 30 day free trial for plan to eat, um, you can actually add me on as a friend. And when you add me as a friend, that means that you can see the recipes that I typically use and we can share recipes. I'll see your recipes and you'll see mine. So if you're not already, head over to plan to eat download the app. I've left the link on Facebook for you so you can join there. And then add me on as a friend. That's OurMuslimHomeschool at gmail.com. Um, you just type that in. And then when I've accepted your friend request, we will be able to see one another's recipes. And that's a really simple way for me to share some recipe ideas with you. Um, okay. I think I'm going to just have a look through the questions that have come on live before we do anything else, because I've seen a lot of things popping up here, especially on Instagram, um, and I want to see what's going on here. If you've got anything now, anything to say or ask, now is the time to put it in the comments. Uh, okay. Oh, brilliant! So many of you are here. It's nice to see the regular faces popping on. Um, Assalamualaikum, attic, home, Ed. Walikum well, salam, somebody here's from France. Welcome salam, nurturing saber. So nice to have you here. Someone from Dubai. Brilliant. Okay. This is trickier than it looks, I tell you. Um, oh, brilliant. I'm getting a lot of support for the podcast announcement. So if you already missed that announcement at the beginning, these live broadcasts are now available to listen to as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and Apple podcasts. Okay. I'm I'm struggling to get through all the comments and the waves. Oh, somebody's ironing and watching at the same time. Excellent use of your time, mashallah, very good. Um great name. Yeah, so the name of the podcast is Raising Mums. And that's spelled the British way, M U M S. Walaikum Salaam, someone from Indonesia. Um, okay, I'm, someone is saying, they're sick of hearing the word Brexit, oh dear, I I don't know what to say to you here, I'm sorry to repeat it to you, okay, okay, here we go, here's a question, um, Walaikum I'm very much concerned about my three and a half year old who is fed properly three times a day, however, is getting very thin as he is growing, um, He's upset and confused. What I'm doing? Well, um, I mean, obviously, you you should go to see your doctor first and foremost. There might be something that your doctor can advise. Um, maybe they might want to do some tests and check his health. I think that's probably a priority. Um, it's difficult for me to know if that's a medical issue or if that's just the way um, the way he is and the way he's his he's boned and his makeup. Um, I definitely advise you to go and and seek a doctor, sister. Um, Make sure he's getting supplements. Yeah, that's another good piece of advice, yeah. Um, A lot of people showing sympathy to that sister who was struggling with the messy house. Okay. Okay. The sister might be going through postpartum depression. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how old your baby is, sister. That's a very good point. Thank you for pointing that out, yeah. If you think that your mood is not just a bad mood, but something perhaps clinical, um, if you wake up and you feel not just a bit down, but a darkness, like you just can't get out of bed in the morning, um, like there's no light, that there's no hope, then I think you need to consider going to the doctors. There may be um, a clinical valid reason why um, you're feeling that way and there might be something they can do to help you. Um, okay. Okay, I'm going to just scroll right to the bottom because there's so many comments here. I'm gonna to have to look at these later. So, SubhanAllah, it's nice that you're all talking. Okay, here we go. What books and syllabus do you use to teach English? Okay, so for English, I've shared this before on Instagram, we use a book called Primary Language Lessons um, by Emma Seal or Searle, um, Emma Searle I think, Primary Language Lessons, and it's a small little orange book, it's a Charlotte Mason approach to teaching English, which means that there's narration, dictation, and copywork, there's a lot of discussion, um, it's a really nice, easy way to introduce children to Uh, to learning English formally. And also, um, the children read. When I read, um, they give me a narration. We do not use anything, really, that looks like what they use in schools to teach English. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) I hope that answers your question. So, it's Primary Language Lessons by Emma Seale. S-E-A-R-L-E. your Sunday live chats have actually changed my daily life, from practicing gratitude to establishing a routine. Jazakallah khair. Oh, Ruby, that means the world to me. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, when I go to the store, I can pick out the nice box of strawberries, but the delivery, sometimes they send you soggy ones. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Look, That's true. That could happen. That's not happened to me with Asda. So maybe you need to consider changing your gross, who you buy your groceries from. Um, obviously not all Asda is going to be the same all over the country. So my depot, I think they come from Warrington. Um, so it depends, but if you're getting soggy strawberries from your grocery delivery, then change who you get your groceries from. That's not acceptable. Um, somebody's asking if I'm broadcasting from my phone. Yeah, I'm broadcasting from my phone on Instagram and my laptop on Facebook. Okay. Let me have a quick look over on Facebook. View comments. Walikum well, Salam Qurat. Reading aloud. Yes. Um. Okay, there's no questions on Facebook, but some lovely comments and supportive comments. So, jazakallah khair for that. Okay, so I think I'm going to wrap it up now. I know I didn't even touch on the questions. I got, like I mentioned before, I got about 100 questions. Um, but what I want to do is next season when I come back with these live broadcasts is I want to try and answer at least one at the beginning of each broadcast just to make sure that you know not only that your questions are getting answered but that I'm really talking about things that are important to you. Um, so if you missed the announcement at the beginning these live broadcasts are now available to listen to as podcasts, I need you now to all go over to wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe to Raising Mums, to leave a review and uh, enjoy them. Enjoy those podcasts while you're doing the housework, while you're driving, while you're busy with your daily life. Have them playing in the background um, and I hope that they will help and inspire you uh, to to move to a more positive place in your motherhood and mother, mothering experience. Um, And the reason that I need you to leave a review, like I mentioned before, is because it helps other women to find me, to find this broadcast. So this, as I mentioned, is going to be the last episode for season one. And I will be back in March now, March the 24th. I know it's a long break, but the reason that I've decided to take a long break is for two reasons. First reason is that we're traveling and, uh, you know i can't do this while i'm traveling and the second reason is that i think it's good sometimes to take a step back and um, really reflect on where you're moving forward with this i don't want to just go into autopilot and keep coming on here and the content gets stale and i want to make sure this is really resonating with you and that we're talking about things that are important to you so i'm going to take this time off to reflect and and plan the next season ahead. So that will be, if you're a calendar person like me, you can mark it on your calendar. March the 24th, I'll be back on a Sunday at 10am as usual. And you can find all these broadcasts on Facebook, on the videos tab. You can find them on YouTube, on our Muslim homeschool channel, and you can find them now as a podcast. I'm so happy. So um, please tell your friends as well. If they might be interested, let them know that it's there. And um, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope that um, you have a great weekend. I'm so grateful that you're all here, that you're all talking to me. Um, For those of you whose comments I missed, I'm going to go through later and have a read through them all. Uh, And if I can answer any of them, I will do. But um, yeah, thank you for being here and have a great, great Sunday. as alaikum.